Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for joining us on the Only Nation podcast. My name is Heidi, but you may know me as Kevlar Prom Dress or even Raider Ladybug. I'm here with T3 Raider Facts, and we're ready to talk some Raiders football together. Heidi, I hope that you and our entire listening audience had a happy Thanksgiving. Now let's talk about the Raiders. Today on the show, we'll take a look at the last game, a loss to division rival Kansas City, which drops the Raiders' overall record to 5-7. and seven. Okay, Raider Nation, we'd love to hear from you, so here's how you can get in touch with us. Give us a call on the Only Nation podcast voicemail line at 904-701-8667. That's 904-701-8667. You can also check us out on the web at onlynationpod.com. Here's the latest Raider news. The Las Vegas Raiders jumped out to a 14-0 second-quarter lead against the division rivals Kansas City Chiefs. But then the Chiefs came roaring back and ended their own three-game second-half scoring drought, and the Raiders went down to defeat by a score of 31-17 in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday, dropping the team to 5-7 and seven on the season. The beginning of this game felt a lot like the second game of the season back in 2019 when the Raiders jumped out to a 10-0 lead over Kansas City only to get buried by an onslaught of points by a very good offensive team. Now, the Chiefs had been going through a tough stretch offensively, but you had to know that Mahomes and Kansas City would break out at some point. And for some reason, Travis Kelsey always seems to go off against our Raiders, unfortunately. But the Raiders came down and got the touchdown on that first drive, and then they came up with a fourth and short on the KC-12 on that second drive. I know that Carlson missed that field goal, which could have put them up two scores, But you almost have to go for broke and go for it early because you just have to believe that the Chiefs are going to come back offensively, which they did. So even when Josh Jacobs broke off that long touchdown run, putting the Raiders up 14-0, I just kept wondering at what point the dam was going to break. Yeah, I was the same way. I saw a 14-point lead, but knowing the Chiefs and knowing how the Raiders have been able to hold on to leads in the last couple of years, even though that was under Josh McDaniels, I still completely expected them to come back. Uh, It just was not a surprise at all. Yeah, it did feel very much like 2019 all over again. Felt very much like 2022 as well. Josh Jacobs had 20 carries for 110 yards and one touchdown, which was that big 63-yard jaunt. In fact, Jacobs had more rushing yards than the entire Kansas City running game, 
including Mahomes. So just as Antonio Pierce had talked about getting Josh at least 20 touches during the game, that's exactly what happened. And it worked well early. It just didn't happen enough beyond the first three drives. Now, Aiden O'Connell went 23 for 33 for 248 yards and one touchdown with no interceptions, and he was sacked one time. The Raiders had the ball for almost half the game in terms of time of possession, so that part was fairly steady. In the end, this Raiders offense couldn't come away with enough big plays beyond the first three drives, and their overmatched defense just ran out of steam. It started looking like Raiders defenses that we've become accustomed to with little to no pass rush and seemingly defenseless against the passing game across the middle of the field. The Raiders had no penalties and no turnovers and went 7-for-14 on third-down conversions. Daniel Carlson missed a 30-yard field goal on the Raiders' second possession after scoring a touchdown on their opening drive, but then they came back with another touchdown drive on their third possession, giving them the two-score lead early in the contest. It was great seeing Colton Miller back in the lineup, and again, the offensive line did pretty well. But when you look up and down the line, this Raiders team has neither the outstanding talent nor the quality coaching that other elite teams have. Now, credit Antonio Pierce, who's done an outstanding job leading this team up until this point. But the Raiders have to keep assembling quality, impactful defensive players, not named Marcus Peters. And they still need a dynamic quarterback, if for no other reason than to simply let Jimmy Garoppolo walk and be able to work with two young quarterbacks, because there'll be several available high up in next year's draft. And they need a true offensive coordinator, because Bo Hart agreed, though he may become an offensive coordinator at some point, now is simply not his time. And with that being said, I am happy to announce to Raider Nation that Marcus Peters is no longer on the Raiders. And that happened shortly before our podcast. So that was kind of breaking news for us. And in addition to that, uh, Roderick Teamer was released as well for the uh, boneheaded decision he had to go speeding. And there may be some DUI involved, but uh, that was just a boneheaded move on his part. So they let him go as well. And don't forget about him. After he was released from jail, he got a ticket again. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that. But yeah, you went ahead and did. So uh, there you go. With the loss, coupled with what the other division rivals did, the 5-7 and seven Raiders now fall to just half a game ahead of the fading Chargers, who are 4-7, and seven, and have now been leapfrogged in the division by the hot Denver Broncos, who beat the Cleveland Browns and now move to 6-5 and five on the season. Only two games behind the Chiefs after that terrible start. The Raiders now go into their bye week and come back for the last five games of the season, facing, in order, the Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs on the road, the Colts, and then finishing up the 2023 campaign at home against Denver. Okay, now it's time to pause and take a breath. Not necessarily press the reset button, but I think it's time to start getting some of the young guys in there and seeing what they can truly do. Malcolm Koontz did pretty well when he came in against Kansas City, and I'd like to see more of that. The young guys along that defensive line, fellow rookies Byron Young and Nesta Jade Silvera, I'd like to see more of them and even more of Chris Smith II on the back end of that defense. At this point, I'd be comfortable just saying that Amik Robertson and Nate Hobbs are your corners. Marcus Peters can take the week off. Of course, he is doing that now, and uh, he's cleaning out his locker and enjoying the rest of the season trying to tack a bowl of potato chips on his couch because he can't tackle much else. And let's see if we can get some energy going into these next five games, four of which I think are very winnable. And if we can pick up the next two in a row, fingers crossed, and then roll into Kansas City with a 7-7 and record, 
Anything would be possible at that point. Remember, I said early on that this team would win either seven, eight, or nine games this season. Well, all that's still in play. Give us a call at 904-701-8667. Leave a voicemail or text message at that number, and we'll share your thoughts. And we did have a message from one of our loyal listeners from across the pond. Soren reached out to us and said, Thanks for the great podcast. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about which players have disappointed and who's been better than expected. It could be interesting with the bye week coming up, and also now that AP has a couple of games under his belt, some players have been hindered by coaches, like Renfro, who I don't consider a disappointment because he has not gotten a fair shot. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts. All right, Heidi. First of all, thank you, Soren, for uh, for sending us that message. Now, I'm going to avoid the discussions about Jimmy G on offense and Marcus Peters on defense because that's all really low-hanging fruit. I think everyone knows how I feel about those two. Now, having said that, to Soren's point, I think that Hunter Renfro has been a pleasant surprise, and I say that mainly because I seriously thought he was going to be dealt away before the trade deadline. It's good to see him out on the field and part of this offense. On defense, Adam Butler, Bilal Nichols, and Jerry Tillery have all been disappointments for me this year. They just haven't been able to generate much of a pass rush in this league. That's definitely something that you need. Now, I thought the Raiders really dropped the ball when they had the opportunity to bring back Yannick Ngakwe, team up with Max, and Chris Smith II hasn't really got much burn on that back end so far this season. Now, I'd love to see the young guys, as I mentioned earlier, Byron Young and Mesta J. Silvera. I'd like to see them get a lot more playing time, and I would really like to see DeAndre Carter and Trey Tucker more involved in this offense because they were hardly involved against Kansas City at all. Now, that's not a knock on these particular guys as much as it's a comment about what I think should happen going forward. And the question I have is, why in the world did we ever draft Zeus White? I think it's a fair question at this point. Now, as far as bright spots, I think the rookies O'Connell and Michael Mayer, the free agent acquisition of Robert Spillane, the always churning motor of Max Crosby, and even the spirited play of undersized corner of Meek Robertson. Those have all been bright spots, not to mention Nate Hobbs and Divine Diablo, who've also impressed. Okay, sounds good. Uh, I would have to go with my disappointments uh, would also be uh, Jerry Tillery, because he made a much better impact last year. I was excited about them bringing him back. But yeah, Jerry Tillery, he's been disappointing for me. I was excited that the Raiders had brought him back, but... After seeing him play for the first 12 weeks of the year, I just haven't been impressed with him. At least he hasn't outright cost us a game this year like he did last year. That's true. The other one I would say is a disappointment, especially on defense, is Tyree Wilson. Now, I understand he's a rookie, and I understand that you can't say he's a bust after just 12 weeks, but... He was drafted high enough that he should be making a better impact than he has been. He's out there learning how to play in the NFL, but he should already be making an impact. And you can see that with other players that were drafted around his position that are making much bigger impacts with their teams. As far as a pleasant surprise, I would say Malcolm Kuntz. Uh, He's been pretty busy. He's gotten a few sacks and he seems to be having a good year. The other one, you you mentioned Robert Spillane. He has been a great asset to the team, and uh, he's really a linebacker that has uh, stood out as a leader. 
So those are the four players I can think of offhand that I would put in those categories. You know, it's good that we're able at this point of the season, even though the record's five and seven, to mention so many guys that we uh, that are pleasant surprises as opposed to big disappointments. I think as we continue to add pieces to this team, that number will increase, and hopefully players that come in that turn out to be big disappointments we will not be mentioning as much. All right, T3, it's time for this week's top three. T3's top three. All right, here is this week's top three, short and sweet. Number one, prior to the Kansas City game, the Silver and Black defense had held opponents to 21 points or less five times over the course of 11 games. After registering only 13 takeaways during all of 2022, they've already totaled that same number in only 11 games. Okay, well, now make that 12 games. Number two, Daniel Carlson is in the middle of another Pro Bowl season. Going into the game versus the Chiefs, he was 16 for 16 in extra points and 19 for 22 and made field goals. Carlson has missed only one field goal so far from 40 yards in, which he did this past week, and three of his four misses had been from beyond 50 yards. Now, on the punting side, A.J. Cole had booted the ball 43 times for a 51.9-yard average. Now, he had a bit of a decline this past Sunday, punting three times for an average of only 39 yards, but nearly half of Cole's punts this season have been down to inside the 20. Once again, I like to say that this Raiders kicking game has been a bright spot this year. And number three, the Raiders hope to buck a disturbing trend. According to the Associated Press, the Raiders are just 3-15 and 15 in their first game after their bye week over the past 18 seasons. That is the worst post-bye record in the NFL over that period. Let's see if we can change that particular narrative in a couple of weeks against the Vikings. And that is this week's top three. When it comes to the bye week, there are two teams that I pencil in for uh, two facts. I pencil in the Raiders for a loss, and I pencil in the Kansas City Chiefs for a win, because Andy Reid does not lose after the bye week. And it's frustrating to see that, because he's just so dang good. But as far as turnover situation that the Raiders have made this year, uh, they really have improved in that area. It would have been nice for them to have a few more takeaways, but the improvement over last year is monumental. And Daniel Carlson and A.J. Cole, I'm a big fan of both of theirs. Uh, Daniel Carlson, yeah, he does have that occasional missed field goal, but all field goal kickers are like that. You know, they're human. So they are going to miss one every once in a while. And A.J. Cole, uh, what really hurt him was that one punt on Sunday. Uh, it really... I don't even know where it ended up going out of bounds, but it was really, really short. But once again, they're human. He's going to have a bad punt every once in a while, too. During the broadcast, when they were lining up for the field goal, and Kevin Harlan, who was doing the, the play-by-play, said, you know, Daniel Carlson has been perfect. He's not missed a field goal. And as soon as he said those words, I'm thinking, no, he's got to jinx him. And sure, he surely did. Okay, T3, I think it's time for our little quiz. Let's see what question you've got lined up for us this week. All right. 
It's time for another edition of Did You Know? In this segment, I'm going to ask Heidi and all of our listening audience a Raiders-related question with a list of answers to choose from. It's multiple choice, so just give it your best guess. Here's this week's question. The next opponent up for the Raiders is the Minnesota Vikings. The Raiders own a 10-6 advantage in the 16 games that they've played against each other, including the Raiders' monumental win in Super Bowl XI, which we will all remember. But this will be the very first time that the Vikings have ever played the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, in their last meeting in 2019, the Raiders put up two touchdowns, and they lost, of course. Who was the last player to score a touchdown against the Vikings as a member of the Oakland Raiders? Was it A, Josh Jacobs? Was it B, Hunter Renfro? Or was it C, Tyrell Williams? And the hint here makes it not even fair is the hint is who is no longer with the team. So I will go with C, Tyrell Williams. Yes, you are correct. Tyrell Williams. You see, I'm, I'm trying to make these easier for you. Maybe I should not make the hints quite so obvious. Well, I don't know. I, I appreciate looking like a you know a scholar on Okay. Well, on that's the, the case. Just don't mention the fact I'm giving you hints. And then you seem like, Matt, man, she's pulling those out of the air and getting them left, right, left. Yeah, but I don't feel that it's right that I know about the hints and our listeners don't. I'll just keep putting them in there. I'll let you use your discretion. I may not telegraph them as much as I did this past week, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. I have an extra week to come up with the, with the next question. All right, Raider Nation, it is now time for Heidi's Heroes. Raider Nation, you guys are going to get tired of me saying his name because he's been a hero so many times. He was a hero last week, too. Max Crosby. He was sick all week before the game. Uh, He was sick and he had a bad knee. And he played the entire game. He did not play as many snaps as he normally does. Normally, he plays 98% of the snaps on defense. And he dropped that down to... A high percentage, but not nearly that high. Uh, But he played the entire game after being sick all week, and he missed all the team practices. And he came in at less than 100%, but he was a warrior. His motor was still running, and he was doing his best to put the Chiefs away. He gave it his all, and, you know, I just got to say, Max, he's just you know, if I had to pick an MVP for the team right now, I would probably have to give it to Max. He's just a leader, and he's just an incredible player. So, playing the game after being sick with a bad knee, way to go, Max. You're Heidi's hero this week. Absolutely. You know, when I heard earlier in the week that he missed all the practices and had been sick, and I kept thinking to myself, there's no way you're going to be able to keep Max Crosby off the field. He's not going to allow himself to do that. And he willed his way on. And even though he's less than 100%, far less than 100%, uh, he did play the whole game and gave it his all. He, and Max Crosby at 65 or 70% was still outdoing many of the players on the team that were not injured at all. So, again, I agree with your echo your sentiment about him being the MVP of the team. And if not Defensive Player of the Year, uh, which I still think he may deserve despite the Raiders' record. But uh, again, you can't say enough good things about Max Crosby, what he does on the field, what he's done off the field with the new foundation that he set up and, and doing that to support youth and 
women. It's, there's just so many great things. Max is truly a Raider. I mean, he's got Raider tattoos all over himself, and and he truly embodies everything it means to be a Raider inside and out. So we, we could just keep listing him as, a, as a <laughs> Heidi's hero every week. Hopefully, somebody else will step up and take that mantle from him. But I've got no problem with calling him a hero every week. Well said. Well said. And that about does it for this week on the Only Nation podcast. We'll be taking a break next week as the team is on a bye, but then we will come back and give a breakdown following the game against Minnesota and then set our sights on the last four games of the 2023 season. If you'd like to help support the show, you can send in a donation at paypal.me slash onlynationpod. You can find me, Heidi Stabbert, on social media as at Kevlar Prom Dress on Twitter and Instagram, or Heidi Stabbert on Facebook. Raider Nation, we'd love to hear from you. Once again, we'd like to thank our friend Soren for contacting us. You can do likewise. Send us your name and address so we can send you some free Raider swag and podcast stickers. Call us and tell us what you want to know. Throw us an interesting nugget that we can use on one of our upcoming episodes. And become a part of what we're doing here. Remember, this is the only nation, and we want you to be a part of it. So call us, 904-701-8667. Once again, that's 904-701-8667. Call us now and join the Only Nation podcast family. There are two easy ways to find me on social media. You can send me a tweet at the X at T3 underscore sports 703, as several of you do. Or you can hit me up on Facebook at Tom, T-H-O-M, Jones. As always, we look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, everyone, go Raiders. We are not just a nation. We are the only nation. Have a great week, everyone. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, let's go Raiders. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.